All right, welcome, Grace Point. Back to another Thursday night. Good to see you. Good to have you here. Anybody else that's out there listening, Father, bless the ears that hear. Bless the mouth that speaks, Father. We pray for the gift of faith. We pray for the fruit of faith. We pray, Lord, the Word says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Lord, enlighten us. Fill our hearts with faith, Lord. Fill our hearts with the Word of God. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so last week we were um, reading about the paralytic, uh, came to Jesus, his, him and his friends came, Jesus forgave his sins, and he healed the guy. He spoke, told the guy to get up, he had faith, he came to Jesus, Jesus had faith, he spoke, the guy got up and walked, everything was awesome. And I was talking about faith being movement, and I asked you to read Hebrews 11, and also I asked you to go into James uh, chapters 1 and 2. Let's flip over uh, to James real quick. I'm not done with the topic from last week. I really think it's helpful sometimes to stay on a topic a little longer to let it kind of marinate in our heart. So let's go over to James. Um, I could go to chapter 1 where he talks about being doers of the word and not hearers only, but I think I'll go to chapter 2 verse 14. James says this, he says, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no works? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is uh, without clothes or daily food, and you say, go and I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but you do nothing for his physical needs, what good is it? It's the same way with faith by itself. If it is not accompanied by action, it is dead. Someone will say, um, I have faith. Someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds or motion. I like to say motion. And I will show you my faith by what I do, by my motion. You believe there's one God good. Even the devils believe and shudder. You foolish man, you want evidence that faith without works is dead? Look at Abraham. Was not Abraham considered righteous for what he did? When he offered his son Isaac up on the altar, you see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. And he's called God's friend. You see, a person is justified or made right by what he does and not by faith alone. In the same way, even Rahab, the prostitute, was considered righteous for what she did, for she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without a spirit is dead, so faith without motion, so faith without works is dead. So you know, James is saying the same things I've been saying. Faith is motion, faith is action, faith is deeds. He's not talking about the deeds or the works of the law. He's not saying go back under the law and become justified by works. That would be a direct contradiction to what Paul said in Romans 3 and 4. Do you know how you know he's not talking about the law? It's really obvious. I'm, I, I hope you know. The two examples he gave had nothing to do with law. Abraham offered his son up as a sacrifice. That actually breaks the law, doesn't it? He was going to, we would say, murder his son. Well, that's not the law, okay? The law says, thou shalt not murder. 
He was operating in faith because he believed he heard God, right? Of course, God told him to stop, not to do it. Okay, I could say more about that. I'm not going to. Rahab was a prostitute. She obviously wasn't keeping the law. What did she do? It wasn't the law she did. Her faith caused her to hide the spies. She was justified or made right. She was uh, included in the promise of Israel. She escaped the death sentence because she had faith. She hid the spies. So faith has to do with our actions and having motion. And again, I'm going to flip over real quick to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm just going to read a little bit. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, being sure of it. I said Sunday, if a guy came down to the altar in church, he said the sinner's prayer, asked Jesus to come into his life, and, you know, whatever, he responded. And he left the church, and he robbed the bank, murdered someone, and raped somebody, and went on this carnage, is that guy saved? <laughs> you know, and you could make a stretch and say, oh, well, yeah, he just needs time to grow. Okay, I, th- there is no evidence whatsoever that that guy's saved. All right? Salvation, being saved, is being saved from sin. Not being saved in your sin. Paul said in Romans 6, and Romans is all about faith, he says, if you sin, sin becomes your master. Okay, if you really get saved, there should be some corresponding changes in your life. You become a new creation. You become different. I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm not saying you go out and start living a perfect life. You've got to grow up into this thing. You've got to mature into it. You're going to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. But there has to be some evidence that your life has changed. So God only knows that that guy was saved when he came down to the altar. But I promise you there's no evidence that he was saved. And I wouldn't have any assurance that the guy was saved. He better start changing. <laughs> he better show some evidence because when you, when you believe, the Bible says you bear fruit. Doesn't it say that? Paul said it in Colossians chapter 1. He says, when you believed, you started bearing fruit. Okay? Jesus talked about abiding in the vine and dwelling in Christ and how you'll bear fruit. Okay? So your actions, your motion, the fruit you produce is all the evidence that you have faith, okay? You're truly saved by faith without works, but faith has works with it. They go hand in hand like a body. So let me read this to you. Faith is being sure of what you hope for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. By it, the ancients were commended. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command, and what is seen was made... uh, by what is not visible. Okay, look, look at these guys. By faith, Abel offered, and he was commended as righteous. By faith, Enoch was taken, and he could not be found because he pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith... Noah, moved with fear, built an ark. By faith, when Abraham was called to go into a place he would later receive, obeyed. He just goes on and on. By faith, um, 
by faith, all these people still living by faith when they died had not received the promises. They saw them and welcomed them from a distance. By faith, when Abraham was tested, he offered up Isaac. And just by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, mentioned his bones being buried. Uh, you know, being buried. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites. And he mentioned his bones. I'm sorry, it was Joseph. By faith, Moses' parents hid him. By faith, Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So you notice in all these situations, faith caused a reaction Faith caused emotion. They blessed, they hid Moses, they offered up. So real faith causes action, and faith is always in the command of God. So I just wanted to really solidify that to us, that faith is action. Don't be afraid. I mean, uh, people sometimes they get fearful because they, they think, well, I don't have any faith. No, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If you're hearing the Word of God and you're believing the Word of God, you do have faith. You just got to step out on it. And I think that's one of the huge benefits of meditation in the Word and time with God. We get to hear God's voice. We're meditating in the Word. We get to hear God's voice. We get to hear God talking to us, and we get the opportunity to respond to it. If we don't take spending time with God seriously or we don't talk with the Lord, of course we're not going to have any faith. This is always, faith is always cultivated out of the knowledge of God. Or relationship with God. These guys that came here knew something about Jesus. They had heard that he was able to heal the sick and they believed it and therefore they went after him. Okay, so I'm just going to touch on something else here. I'm going to end tonight. I just want you to know that faith always provides motion. Just know that. It always, there's something that people do when they have faith. You can see it and Jesus saw their faith. Okay, Let's go a little bit further. Okay, it says, At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil in your hearts? I'll touch on this, and then uh, we'll, we'll end for tonight. Jesus knew what was in their heart. Isn't that something? Is Jesus a mind reader? Was he reading their minds? I don't think so. Jesus was discerning. Jesus had the spirit of discernment. He knew their motive. He knew their hearts. In fact, it shouldn't surprise us because Jesus is literally the Word of God made flesh, isn't he? He is the Word of God made flesh. To have faith in Jesus is to have faith in the Word of God. Because Jesus is the living word of God. He says it over and over again. I am the bread that came down from heaven. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. Okay. Hebrews chapter 4 says, the word of God is living and active. Get that? It moves. <laughs> it's, it's alive. It's moving. It's sharper than any two-edged swords. It penetrates even through the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart? The Word of God. Who is standing before these Pharisees? The Word of God. And He's discerning their hearts. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is the Word of God. And He's discerning their hearts. 
and he's telling them where they're at. Folks, we have great, we have a great treasure all in here tonight. We have great treasure in the Word. When we study the Word and spend time in the Word, it's like if, if the Spirit's involved in our learning, God can discern our hearts. He can give us wisdom. He can show us our attitudes. He can show us, you know, where we're at. All we have to do is spend time with the Lord, press into Him, and He'll reveal our hearts to us, and He'll allow us to change. He'll cause us to grow, and He'll put motion. He'll put faith in our hearts. It's such a blessing. These guys missed it because they opposed Jesus. When we're spending time before the Word, we don't want to oppose Jesus. We want to receive from the Lord. All right, I'll end right there tonight. Thank you so much for your attention. We'll see you next week.